Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Ennis Rogers, and as always, I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? You uh, you staying safe down there, sheltering in place? Trying to, you know, trying to keep the getting, keep, keep the thing. getting the cabin fever yet. I don't know if it's still called that. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, got it. But it's it's a it's a it's a good thing we 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 all got to have to to do. And you know, as much as I definitely am full on cabin fevering it. Uh, you know the the alternative is a terrible thing and so it's 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 good it's good i i'm trying to find the always trying to remember the you know here is safe type thing i mean the the craziness that goes out there and it looks beautiful and it's wonderful outside and it is nice but you know it's um people are in their houses sick and uh it's good that I, i stay my family stays that my friends stay inside that we work with this whole uh online virtual stuff that we're all doing now and yeah i work mm-hmm. out of my office that that's just that's better and it's good to keep anyone else kind of safe uh, yeah i don't i don't know if i mentioned this last week but we um you know we said before that we've been using zoom everybody's using zoom mm-hmm, right now mm-hmm. but we used zoom um last thursday when we did the uh the movie right uh and maybe maybe also the week before mm-hmm. um yeah, it must have been the week before because I didn't. I don't think I got on Zoom this week at all. Uh, maybe for a minute because my internet's not fast enough for me to stream the movie and be on Zoom. But um, we did that, and I thought my family are. I mean, there are four, or five of us here, um, but I have a sister and a brother who live um, separately with roommates up in Michigan. I have a sister and brother-in-law. And their kids in Tennessee. I have a brother and sister-in-law in Florida. Yeah. Uh, David, who's been on the show. And their kids. Their girls. And my brother and sister-in-law are out in Idaho. And, like, we're all spread out, scattered. Why don't we do a Zoom call? Oh, nice. Like, it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be every day. I'm trying to see if we can do for about, for about a week. And, you know, it's video chat. It's not great. The, the audio quality is kind of bad and it gets, you know, choppy if multiple people try to talk it at the same time. But we didn't do Christmas this year. We talked about that. Around yeah, that yeah. And this was and the time we were, were going to get together. Yeah, we were supposed to do a family vacation in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia. And obviously that didn't happen, isn't happening. Um, and I'm like, what if we, we just get on for half hour, an hour and people can talk, people can see each other and... uh and that's so we did that. Um, we've done it twice now. Nice. And uh, and it, yeah, yeah. But yeah, people are really people well. are really nice. finding that that's an enjoyable time and a, a thing to do. I mean, I I got on with some some friends that uh, that for ICG Con that people might remember, like Bill, who's been on the show, and uh, Mike Painting yeah, on the show. Your friends mostly live up around Chicago. Yeah, and and while our group of friends here in Bloomington and around have. Um, are technolo- technologically savvy and whatnot. These people are, but they've never, you know, that's never been their their primary thing. And now it is. So they're they're going into the world of this whole Zoom, kind of like what your family thing does. And they're finding out that, hey, this isn't so bad. You know, this televiewing. Yeah, I, I, was, I was talking to my dad yesterday about, you know, different people and how they're, you know, some of my friends, how they're they're reacting to certain things. And I said, well, you know, some of the guys are, more extroverted than I am. I definitely lean more toward introvert. And I said, um, I think in a way, 
it was it was helpful for the group down there that you know people like me and our buddy fox have already had to deal with trying to do things online right like play uh um star trek adventures or D mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. do tabletop simulator kind of stuff so that when this happened um we're able to say well we used this and it works like this you could try that right um stuff that you know you guys who had the convenience of gathering in person never really had a good enough reason to to you know learn yeah figure out yeah and and you um, you know i think there there's two parts of this i think that are are important it's not really being said is that uh the reason these can all happen is because you're with the significant other all the time now right like sure you're you're with your wife or girlfriend or whoever it is not mostly girlfriends but like wives and family members you're with them all day every day therefore when you want to go get away and do stuff and not interact with them they're totally fine with it i mean mean, (laughs) they're sick of you too right i mean it's it's okay yeah yeah i mean that's very true it's it's that like i've got friends who are like oh you know but i've got a it, Friday, do you want to get together Friday and get along, get on together with a bunch of people with Zoom? They're like, oh, well, I've got to go spend time with the girlfriend, my, my wife or my girlfriend. Uh, I've got to, I've got to take the kid to this and do that. And and now that you always are playing, that's with your all kid, canceled. It's, yeah. Not only is it all canceled, like okay, you're playing catch with your kid. You've been playing catch with your kid for five, six, ten days now, and they're done playing with catch with you right and not in a bad way they're just like i've done it all i don't yeah i don't have the need for attention that i only usually get once a week you're you're actually doing all of the all of the other things that would you know be in that little window of time are happening all throughout the day yes and so you have that window of time free now yes to say oh yeah cool i wanted to watch this show you don't like anyway so you go do that and i'll do this yeah and, uh, to- totally 100 yeah. and i and i think that's that's really been the the catalyst for a lot of this stuff is that that you know i can't think of any time i would have been able to get all five of those guys online and to to hang out that way uh but they were they've done it twice once already before without me um and it's like what and dane even another, another guy it's because you know their, their time is so limited before you work eight hours a day. Some people commute an hour to work. So it's 10 hours a day and you got to yeah. get dinner and going and then you're exhausted and you're in bed. And then it's just, it's that grind. But now that you don't, the big thing is that you don't have the hour beforehand to go to work, right? Like getting dressed, yeah. getting yeah. up. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if we've really talked about this on the show, but um, I've been remote work telecommuter since, I don't know, late 09, mm-hmm. early 2010. And there are negative aspects of it, right? Like I don't go outside and get as much sun as I should, but I'm sure. in a basement. So that right. that would happen either way. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're now, you know, not everybody can do that. Obviously people have to work construction yes, or sure. in factories or in, in service retail, um, any of that kind of stuff where your physical presence is required, obviously. Mm-hmm. But for things like what we do that you do in an office, like you get in your car and you drive, like, you know, most of our friends that don't have too bad of a commute, but I, I know some of the guys have um, lived in Bloomington work jobs in Indianapolis. So they're driving an hour each way. Yeah. Um, Like 
that's two hours a day. That's 10 hours a week. Yeah. I, I mean, like, what could you, what could you do with 10 hours? Of, and, uh, you know, people lot. make use of that time. They, you know, listen to audiobooks and, and, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm sure for us, uh, you know, I bet podcaster listener numbers are down now that people aren't commuting, <laughs> right. but you know, um, well, the, the, the thing with that is that it's, it's not just that either. Like I get up and I take a shower and I put on some comfy clothes, but I don't spend extra time making sure I'm all looking, looking nice and presentable. I just put on some, some, right. qu- you know, quick stuff. And then I'm to, and I walk down over across the way to work. And it, just as me anecdotally, um, I w- we would always get up at six thirty every morning and I would be at work mm-hmm. by, by eight thirty nine thirty, And we would, you know, sleep until the, Sid and I are one of the ones that get up and, and do things right away instead of like, you know, uh, snoozing for six hours so um sure so we are we're already you know cutting it as thin as you could in the mornings and that's two hours from me waking up to me getting into work and starting work uh now i am that's 10 minutes you know or, or 15 minutes i get in a shower 10 minute shower crawl right out of bed and then i'm here so i can i can get up at nine o'clock and still be at work at at nine thirty. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's one of the things that I, you know, has been plus or minus for me doing this long term. But if you're doing the kind of work like I interact with two guys Mm -hmm. every every day, and even when I worked in an office, there were really only two or three people that I needed to interact with. And none of that had to be in person, like at at an absolute like you can call somebody and talk. And if you really, really need to, you can you can get on video chat. But if you like, you wake up, you spend a big chunk of time making yourself presentable. You travel somewhere that could be as much as an hour away. To go inside a building in a room in front of a computer, right? And do that for eight hours, and then reverse all of those steps to get home. Like none of that is necessary. You don't have to be in another building using another computer. Right. You have a computer in your house, right? Like right. it's so um you know uh uh I mean Wasteful. kind of ridiculous. Yeah, w- uh, w- one the last part about this one that that I was is an interesting change too is that Sid and I will uh make a point to go for an hour long walk every day, right? It's getting sure. out of the house and we're we're walking. Um mm-hmm. and half those days we've just walked around the neighborhood, the other half we've gone to like to a park, uh, like a state park or something. And um the like when I walk now, people are out in the neighborhood, like yeah. not just walking, but like sitting on their porch. And it, it almost feels like a Saturday because, you know, if <laughs> at work, if you go take a break, uh, a 15 minute break, then you go sit in the, in the break room or you go sit in, uh, yeah. sit outside or, you know, stand outside with and talk or chat at somebody's desk. Now you go sit on your porch. Right, you you, yeah. you go sit in the in the sun and you're in your or you go I, out and pick some flowers at your garden. I I noticed that yesterday. Granted, it was Sunday afternoon, but Sunday afternoon, um, coming back from the house, you know, getting over at the house, getting a lot of stuff done. We're in a dad's in a lull of of puppy selling, so mm. he's been over there every day, and I'm over there whenever I can, you know, getting trim, put up, painted, whatever. Yep. But we were driving back, and I saw several groups of people, like in the front yard, a group of you know, young, young people playing basketball on against the garage and, uh, you know, a couple other people just hanging out in their front yard. And I'm like, man, you know, the most I ever saw of people in, in that, I mean, it's, 
it's a town of less than 2,000 people. It's a small town. Yeah. And the most I ever saw was like somebody loading or unloading people or stuff out of their car. Right. Or, or people out mowing. Yeah. Maybe checking the mail. Right. But there were never people outside, aside from small children, um, in any kind of recreational capacity. It was always a, you know, a temporary situation, right? They're going to go get the mail and then they're going to go back inside. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the whole idea. And now that and now that people are stuck inside all the time and can't go anywhere else for the most part, um, they're like, well, yeah, let's let's sit on the front porch. Let's go shoot some hoops. Yeah, let's get some get some fresh air. Yeah, and and it's it's you you because you have that extra you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes or whatever it is, or a half hour break, or that you can do it right there in your neighborhood and do the things you want to do. Like you take a coffee break at lunch and go chat at somebody's desk. That's fine. But you would rather be at home picking your garden weeds out or, you know, right. washing the car off it just leisurely in, in your driveway. And you can just get up and do those things now. And it feels a lot like it's living more of the life you want to live instead mm, instead of like it's more you have to live a life to work most of your life right i mean it's we, a little more right. you know people are uh you know able to live a little more intentionally yeah and and be, because it's not a 40-hour work week with with the the hour getting up and going at least minimum for everyone to get up and get ready get dressed get in the car drive to work you know drop off the kids your hour, two hours, both sides every day, that's not a 40-hour work week. That's, you know, a 60-hour week that are, is time right. that's not time that you want to do. So, yeah. you know, and ha reclaiming those 10 to 20 hours a week is a big change for kind of in the positive. And I, I can only hope that if you come on the outside of this, that people can see that going back to the the grind, so to speak, <laughs> is great for the employers but the employees, it's just, you lose so much time. You lose so much yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, okay. We talked 15 anyway, minutes about all that good stuff. <laughs> let's, um, let's see. I, I want to talk a little bit before we get into uh, movie or, or show stuff about our, um, speaking of doing things remotely, our sort of game, video game experiences past week. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this on the show, but our buddy Trotsky, who's sort of the nucleus of our um of our friend group uh has been on the hunt for this perfect video game experience um <laughs> he's looking for he, a holy grail he's definitely he's looking for a holy grail of video games and he's been mostly out of video games he and i talked um last week or or the week before about about time i think we were on something and it was you know like almost 2 a.m and he's like oh i forgot how video games do this and for him, it, at some point, he made the decision between video games and board games and settled on board games because he, you know, wanted the social right. uh, uh, outlet of that. But he's been on the lookout for a game that has avatars. So there's a thing that represents yourself in space yeah. um, so that people can walk around and interact. Um, a shared uh, um, progression. So like... The group sort of advances together and uh, a persistent world. So the game is always on and people can 
log on, log off whenever they have time. So it's not like everybody plays together on Tuesdays kind of deal. Yeah. And those of us who have been playing video games all this time, we're like, uh, that's not a thing. That doesn't exist. Well, you forgot the most important thing. It must work on every computer system ever made. Oh, that, <laughs> that, that too. That too. Those were his three like gameplay things. But then the meta part of it is it had to be something that the maximum number of people in our friend group can participate in. So the handful of people who are gamers of some kind who don't have PCs. Uh, so it has to either run on Mac or be like we talked about Dauntless is on all the consoles plus right. a PC. Right. And everybody, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't have a PC or a console. Like a, a lot of us have both. Um, but like our friend Aaron, who doesn't have a, who, you know, he works on a Mac. He has a PS4, so he could do certain games. But right. Um, but get, but getting, them, a getting a game that does all those things that he wanted to do and works on <laughs> and runs on Mac. Macs we're like, just, uh, no, that's that's not. We're like, well, there's WoW, but WoW sort of punishes you for not playing at the same time. Not play, you get sort of fragmented pretty easily if you're not super organized. Yeah. But um you had pitched a game or maybe trotsky asked about it um an old game old ish game not old compared oh, yeah, to yeah. clan lords or uh uh neverwinter nights mm -hmm. um uh old terraria yeah yeah and terraria people call it different things it's um it's 2d minecraft mm -hmm. it's uh you know the the original starbound yep um for me personally I played Terraria for, you know, maybe an hour or something. I don't know, years ago. It's from like 2012 or something. Yeah, it's, um, it's a It's a bit. It's it's fairly old, and I think I had played Starbound first. Maybe I don't really remember the details, but for whatever reason, it just didn't it didn't click for me. I don't know if I was playing it by myself. Maybe I was playing just with Zahn and one other person, and they knew it well enough that. They were jumping ahead, and I, you know, just got overwhelmed with mm -hmm. demon eyes mm -hmm. or something, um, zombies. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was pretty skeptical. And Trotsky said kind of similar thing, except he, you know, he like I also um, said probably didn't give it a fair shot. Yeah, I think that's what you guys had said. And so he figured out how to host um, the game. Uh, you know, got a got a lamp stack a ubuntu sort of web server thing set up mm -hmm. and um and got a game going so got his persistent and world check mark his his persistent world once he figured out how to you know keep the process running without needing to have the terminal window open which is a sort of programmer sysadmin mm -hmm. uh, uh reference but um anyway he got that going and we got in there and it was um not even sure how to phrase this like we played the first night i don't know if i was even on the first night but i got on at some point pretty early and we sort of went around as a group we messed around with some stuff and the second night that i played we got our buddy pat on and he had never played like he just bought it just installed it and he doesn't no play a lot of video games and he doesn't play a lot of video games so he sort of following around and i don't remember what i was doing i think i took a break to go spend some time with my family and then got back on 
And, um, you know, Pat, of course, was super lost when he first got it. Yeah, He's right. Like, what's this? What's this? But then within the first couple hours, um, he and Trotsky f- started to build. Now, this is. I mean, anybody listening probably knows what this game is, but you can look it up. It's on Steam. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, it's 2D, and the world has two layers. There's a, I mean, there's a graphic background, and then you can build backdrops and objects in the foreground, mm-hmm. right? So you build a wall that you walk in front of, and you build the wall edges of your of your house. And so... He and Trotsky had stuff, and they were building their little houses into into the mountain that was just a little bit away from our main base. And they're like, oh, let's put this. And they're like, and, and we're all on Discord. So, like, Trotsky would go, and he's like, look at this. Pat's got a freaking balcony coming off of his thing. That's sweet. <laughs> and it was just this, like, awesome little, uh, you know, party of, like, people doing stuff. And I you know was not i didn't feel competent in the in the combat part of things at least before i got that frostbolt thing uh, book <laughs> yeah and then you but, became awesome yeah but very early on i killed a a zombie wearing a raincoat and it dropped a rain hat it's like <laughs> bright yellow rain hat and i was like i'm going to wear that all the time that's my <laughs> that's my hat now and then another one i found had an umbrella which gives you slow fall so i did the you know I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> right. And I'm like, it's just a dumb, fun uh, little thing. But it was it was a really good time. Yeah. The, it, what it was, was it was Minecraft. Like That's that's the exact thing that happens with Minecraft for the pe- first time people play it. You get in there, you're like, what is this? I don't understand it. There's crafting and crafting tables. And, and then once they figure out the little bit of the basics, they're like, Oh, well, what if I put this brick like a house? I'll build a house. Yeah. Oh, what look, if, what oh, if I put this here? I'm going to put a door now. And then, you know, and then I'm going to put a, a second thing. And then somebody says, oh, you built that in a tree. That's nice. And that's cool. And then it just, it's the same kind of thing. Now, Terraria is 2D. And I I liked Terraria because I was so burnt out on Minecraft. And right. and it also, it's, did, it's it a little more scary. Yeah, it was more gamey. Well, yes, of course. I mean, I, that's the other thing too is that Minecraft never had progression or goals or things I could do to make me feel like I could do stuff. Yeah, uh, the goals were all were all self made. You know, like I we played way back in the beta, but we got like the first patch that came out after I, um, you know, first bought the game was the one where they added clay, and yeah. they're like, if you take clay and you cook it, it makes bricks, and you can turn the bricks into brick blocks. And I'm like, oh what if I make a whole house out of brick? Well, I got to explore around all the coast to find all the clay. And then, you know, people are like, how come there's no clay? They're like, well, Dennis went out to like a 300 mile radius and looted all the clay already. <laughs> um, and, but, and, you know, and then it just escalated from there. But when Trotsky was asking about, you know, trying to figure out what game we're like, why not just Minecraft? Like Minecraft will, will be fine. Like maybe we decide to do a big, project as a group which is a big challenge but i'm like that's you know kind of the only way that i know of unless you do do mods or something of having a group progression right so right. a project but, for but, the whole group but of and, course minecraft is just dated right like it's yeah i like, mean it's been and done. it's fine like it's it's not that it's old like the graphics are the same as they were it's just cubes like that's part of the yeah part of the charm of it but 
like you said, and for me and probably a handful of of the guys, I know there are some that probably never played it, which would make it even worse to play with, you know, people who've been playing it since beta, you know, 10 plus years ago. Um, Is you're like, what what we do in Minecraft? Like, this is not just like a game that we played for a while, burn out on, and then come back to. Yeah. Like, for me, I've gone through that cycle of playing until burning out and then break for a couple years and come back to it. I've gone through that cycle at least four times. Oh, yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, but what what would we really do? Uh, yeah, that, so, that was the big thing with me. Is like everyone's like, "Well, we could do Minecraft," and I didn't even really people, say a lot of people are doing it. Like I know Trotsky said his some of his family, like nieces and nephews, are playing. I know, yeah, um, my brothers uh, David and Andrew, and some of their like David's in laws uh, and stuff are are playing. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I could jump on there, but I'm, you know, uh, a little bit of that. Like I have less free time. Yeah, with, I, I I think with that, what we're doing. that because that, because now I'm getting involved in the Tuesday and Thursday stuff with yeah with our other friends. Well, like, we, we uh, had the the thing with the Minecraft. I remember thinking when that came through, I was like, well, if that comes through, that'll be the thing that I like can go do my own games. Right? I can do I can do mm-hmm, my own stuff when, mm-hmm. when they're all playing that because I I don't feel like I would miss out on anything or anything I've ever done. And that was the thing was like, there's nothing just like you said. Like, what would I do? What would I want to do? There's I I kind of did everything I want to do and shown it to people and, and experienced it, there's there's nothing new there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I'm right. sure that I could I could think of something new to build, sure. but is it going to feel any better than, you know, when I built the Eiffel Tower and the Space Needle and the Sphinx yeah, on our right. last server or two servers ago? Right. Um, you know, probably not. My, my brother and I, David, and I actually, we did this in 2018. He started up a server, and I was like, we could do something together as long as we agree on the style like i don't want to be building winterfell and you come build a log cabin in the middle of it yeah um that's a thing that actually happened back in like 2012 or something but um and we started building a sort of uh asian japanese inspired village like we had a certain style of the buildings and i was building a big um you know pagoda kind of castle Mm. um and we just burned out on it. Like, you know, eventually I would get on and he wouldn't, nobody would be, nobody else would be on. And that has happened to me with that game in the past. But every time we, we go back to it, that phase, that long tail of me getting on by myself to work on a project gets shorter. Yeah. Right. The first time we had the big group and I was building Winterfell, um, you know, I worked on Winterfell for probably two or three months past the point where I would never see anyone else on. Right. And then, you know, the next time with the monuments, I probably did it like six weeks. And then the time when we were making the Asian village, I'm like, okay, now it's been a week. Or I might have resubbed WoW at the time. Who knows? But anyway, I had actually wondered if, uh, Trotsky had actually played Minecraft for more than five minutes because his, his his whole push on that whole thing was 
I really want to do it because I think we can all get together and we can all join and together and make recreate the Alley Bar, which is our local pub here. We have in Bloomington. And, and all, <laughs> I, was... all I could think of is like that's that Alley Bar is the size of my bedroom. It will take six blocks to make. Right. 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 Yeah. The recreating Bloomington was was my pitch because I'm like, that's not what I would want to do. I would want to recreate Stormwind or Minas Tirith or something. But like, that's a harder sell. Yeah. Right when you're like, oh, recreate Bloomington, everybody knows Bloomington. So, right, yeah. Well, I, I'm glad that at least that's not where we're going. We did go Terraria, and and that'll I think that'll last us a while. I know for at least the two of us, and maybe everybody, Pete, we've we've uh, got a, a a hook into No Man's Sky possibly coming up after that, or, or you, intertwined with it. Have you had any time to play that yet? I, I bought it, installed it, and have not loaded it up yet. It's again, it's okay. been one of those every single day type things we've been doing stuff. Sure. And the sure. Terraria thing is, you know, if you don't hop on, I mean, I know Terraria has a shelf life. Like, yeah. Minecraft yeah. doesn't really have a shelf life, and that's what makes it so popular. But Terraria has a you know a one world, and once you build the things, it'll be gone, and then you were going right. to hit the boss. So it has a time. So I think I'm waiting on that one. Uh, but no, the No Man's Sky, it works in VR, which I'm excited about as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I, I, I look, you know, it's multiplayer now. Like you can actually do the multiplayer right. things. So I'm looking forward to that I haven't tried that, that yet. Yeah. I've played about, I've played about three hours of single player uh, in, in separate sitting, not like not all at once. Yeah. Um, I think that I'm still going through a sort of tutorial. Yeah. Um, but... It's all, I think it's all procedurally generated it is. after a certain point. So I think, I think it's like your first, uh, your first quest will be to find your crashed ship and that's always your first quest, but the planet might be slightly different every time. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, back in the day when this first came out, we had long discussions about this game and what it was about and 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 my biggest argument against it was the procedurally generated universe that they like anytime somebody comes out with like a minecraft type thing and they're like it's the size of the real actual universe and galaxies i'm like okay so what you're saying is that it's boring and you know not unique (laughs) right because procedurally generated does means that there's no handcrafting going on there's nothing that you're going to go up there and you're going to see like a story be told it's going to be oh look it's the block base that out of the 15 block bases that are sitting there and sure yeah i mean and and from what i've seen which is not a lot i am getting a little bit of that um diablo kind of feel yeah where yeah there's a lot of stuff and, and the world is big but and i don't know i probably just haven't gotten very far because i'm just a couple hours in like yeah. i think i've only been to maybe two planets yeah. first one and a second one um and so I get the feel of like, oh, there's a compound here. I should land and check it out. And like, it's the same as the other compound I saw. But I think the planet was colonized by one race. So, yeah, all of their buildings are the same because that's right. how these things work. Right. Well, I, I talking to buddy Aaron, he uh, it's been several years since this thing launched now. And he's, his, his words were they've made it to be a game finally. Like there's gameplay to it and there's goals. That's, and that's stuff, what so. I've heard. And that's part of what pushed Cause when it released, it had this huge, you know, sort of uproar about all the promises it didn't deliver on right. and et cetera, et cetera. And then over, that's been like three years ago or something. Um, and it's getting more 
and more positive reactions. They're like, oh, yeah, they started, they fixed this and they added this and they just keep working on it um, to get it to a good place. And then it went on sale. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, not, yeah, I, I agree. Just going to buy I, it and try it. I, I I had wanted to to get it, and when it was on VR, I saw. I was like, okay, the very next time it goes on sale, I'm, I'm going to pop it, and and I did. And the uh, because I one, I'm looking forward to playing it with because I can do exploration of interesting places with someone else. That's that's fun. Like, oh mm. man, we can you know, just having yeah. another person say, look at that gigantic giraffe type whale thing. You know, like oh, that's <laughs> right, cool, right. man. That's you know, you can share that as opposed to yourself exactly. saying, and it's a thing. Uh, and also that I, I think that it will just amp it up to 11 seeing it in VR, like being able to, instead of seeing the giraffe whale, sure. you actually see it life size. That's going to be mind blowing, hopefully. And, and everyone that I've read that that's the way it is. And being able to like transition into your ship in VR and all of a sudden you're flying into space and it looks really cool. So I know that's something that you, you and I have, have on our very near future radar. Um, hopefully it won't, it'll be before school ends for me but yeah <laughs> yeah uh so yeah that's that's uh we've had a couple of things we're, we're still we're still working through our stuff but i think you're right terraria has taken out hold as a pretty good solid thing so far and got a couple of things on the horizon coming up i don't know what we're going to do with our uh our our board gaming's changing a little bit we're learning things about board gaming in the world of online and p- different people yeah. and stuff so we're we're, we're adapting and finding different games for different people and meeting different what needs. game did we oh i didn't play that's why i don't remember the game um you guys played that viking game yeah right uh, uh blood rage blood rage yeah yeah so so we we've played easy light games we've played heavier ish games so now we're we're finding out who can do what and how they like to do different things on in an online environment the positives and negatives and yeah we're, what's, we're molding what's and different that. about what's different about which environment and the sort of um, what I've started calling the tabletop simulator tax. Yeah. Um, right. Of, you know, of time, just how much slower things are, how much, uh, how much less people can handle when they're um, sort of tethered to their computer for a long, a long period of time. Like this, the same kind of game that you could play just fine in person that might take three hours um, is not that bad because people can get up, walk around, make a new drink, uh, you know, get order pizza at some point in between. Like there's a little more variation. They can, you know, have side conversations and stuff with tabletop simulator. You kind of got to sit there the whole time Yeah, yeah. and you're, and you're plugged into the same voice channel. So you really only one conversation can happen. And if right. somebody's thinking, trying to make their, make their turn, uh, you you don't really want to talk and distract them so that it takes them even longer and it's yeah it's just which which just makes learning. that game more difficult because you have to be involved even though if you're not involved and not interested you, right. you have to be which yeah you're you're right and, and that's that's something we as a group are still working through we're adapting the way we play games the way we organize games and stuff so that's that's going to keep continuing better hopefully on our, our Tuesdays as this whole process is clearly the uh, coronavirus stuff is not not close to ending yet. Um, right, right. So, uh, sadly. Oh, hey, let's let's. If you got time, let's move over to uh, our twenty twenty challenge. What do you say? Let's do it. So this is a. Uh, what word do I want to use here? Interesting one. A 
a one that hopefully is going to have some conversation between the two of us with with uh sure sure um Titanic, we are right yeah we're talking about james cameron's 1997 uh Let's call it epic romance. That's uh, Titanic. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Disaster flick. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I said this to our friends this weekend when I, you know, I mentioned that we were watching this movie. Um, you know, because we didn't follow the poster exactly in terms of rows and columns, which I intended when we started. But then once we got to our first Halloween movie, I was like, or horror movie, I was like, we should watch this close to Halloween. And now it's just... You know, we keep moving stuff around, and that unfortunately means the stuff that we're more reluctant to watch is moving toward the end, and we're going to have more and more of it as we, get, <laughs> right, yeah. as we get closer to the end. But uh, we put this off two weeks ago and watched Spirited Away, because it's like, oh, we should watch something a little more positive, a little more cheerful. And, I, and I, I've done that again, brought in some, you know, more, more kind of character stories or a little bit... Um, uh, I don't know that those kinds of things for the next couple weeks while we're dealing with this stuff. Cause it was, I don't know. It was a little too on the nose to watch the musicians playing as the ship sank, <laughs> like in the yeah. midst of this pandemic stuff. I'm like, right. uh, this was, this was a bad choice. Yeah. I should have put this off. It, it's uh, I mean, it's a hard time to, to go through that. It's this movie is, is, uh, I like that you called it a love story. It is a love story. It's it's a story that is placed wrapped up in a historical event, disaster yeah, event. Right? I don't I don't know. Um, I guess I should hit the bell for this. Like people know, obviously, what happened to the Titanic. It's yeah, the but you, they most, don't know what happened to the story in this. Yeah, movie. it's it's the most famous disaster in in history. Probably, well, I guess second to nine eleven now. But yeah. Um, just like in in terms of its uh the the romance of the story romance might not be the right word but people are very fascinated by this right. this horrible tragedy um yes yeah, so i'm going to hit the bell if you haven't okay. seen 1997's titanic yeah so this was i i got to give james cameron some credit here like here you you he went on this whole trek to go like actually find and work with people with titanic and exploring mm. titanic and doing the actual stuff um and then you know making a movie that is going to be historically accurate in so many ways right uh, like really was and informing people in a non-documentary way about this really tragic thing and then yeah, I, but putting a movie out that's about a movie like it's a, it's, it's a an, story I, yeah I don't know. I'm sure someone has coined a phrase, but I could not think of the title that you give this genre of movie. Like I'm thinking of um, uh, maybe Apollo 13 or. Um, oh, that, that, Forrest, it, that it's a Forrest real Gump thing. Is like this dramatized. in a little way or. Um, um, could it be dramatized, historical. Dramatized like. Um, Maybe not Band of Brothers, because I think that is mostly based on firsthand accounts, right. but like Saving Private Ryan, right? Sure. You take a you take a, a setting, a world, you know, when we say world building, but you take a setting of historic events and put a fictional story in. Well that it. that's his, I would say that's historical fiction, right? Like it's it's a historical thing and then there's a fictional story within that historical setting. That's historical fiction. 
Um, but but the 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 thing with uh, you, you you don't oft, often get is the good like good ones with that. You don't not not that this sure. one was fantastic or great, but it, but it was it was a it was a story that you if it wasn't with Titanic, it it would be different. It would be a different thing. It, it could be it could be its own love story movie if it was yeah, just about it's, it's a sort of it's and, sort and of and. And and this is what, like, I struggled to to differentiate from, you know, your more typical historical fiction because, like, Downton Abbey is historical fiction, but almost none of it is almost none of the story is tied to actual historic events. Like the show kicks off coincidentally with the sinking of the Titanic, but um, you know they go through and yes, a season for a season their lives are affected by World War One, but. For the most part, it's just it being historical means the culture and the and the wardrobes and the and the um, dialogues, the um, vernacular are different, um, right. are accurate to a historic period. So maybe maybe historical fiction versus period fiction. I don't know. Maybe yeah. As, well, you know what I mean? Like set in a time period, like yeah. uh, you know Jane Austen's books. Like there's no there are no historic events that oh, affect sure. the stories sure. for the most part. Well, the, um, with this, you you have you're watching a movie that's it's, like I said, its own movie. It could be just about uh, Jack and um, Rose uh, finding each other and then being on a shipwreck, and that's what this is. But the different thing, the real catchy thing to this one was that you're watching it, and many of these things that are happening all around them actually really did happen, just right. like it. And the places were the real like places and the recreated everything of the ship was all recreated. And when you saw, you know, the ship break apart and the way it did and the way people reacted and the things that happened like that, that's real. It's not just, right. that's not just the fictional thing. I'm watching a movie. Yeah. I'm definitely watching a fictional thing about these two running around and running away and him getting tied up. <laughs> yeah. That's all fictional. But right. Like right. them almost getting trapped in the water several times. Like that happened to many people and they didn't make it. You saw them. Yeah. Not make it. Yeah, you know. and all of this just sort of uh, casual, casual doesn't even seem like the right word, but casual loss of life, like, yeah. all around them, in a way that, um, like, if you tried to make a movie that was just that, like, just recreating this event, this tragedy, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, this is the number three highest grossing film of all time, yeah. inflation adjusted you know like something that was strictly documentary like that wouldn't have been you know it right. wouldn't have even been shown in theaters right right, right. like yeah. and it and it wouldn't you know maybe you by some miracle got the level of uh of budget that this thing got um but it would have been just you know a a sort of museum piece and it would have been thoroughly depressing yeah like, the 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 thing is is that besides jack rose is it Hark Harkley, um, her fiance? Uh, oh, ev- Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Yeah, everything and the, and the mom and the parents. Ev- everything else happens in spite of this. In spite of them, like it. Everything else with all of the people, the the builder, the captain, um, all that stuff is in, in Titanic itself is just on a, on a rail. It's like we know those are all historical things that happened. Right. Everything's going to go on here. And they're just like living their lives in the scene. Right. right. And and that's yeah. and everything else is just going to happen to them and they are just reacting within that scene and with their own kind of a thing. Uh so so that 
I, that's what I think was very interesting about this movie. And, and I'll say it was pretty good about this movie was that you got to see a movie set in a real thing happening. And, and that's what makes me stunned every once in a while. As soon as they're not on Jack and, and Rose, they're on someone who's, you know, pulled a gun out to stop people from rushing the boats. And that happened. Right. And then right. someone shot like, themselves. These, and, you know, these historic events are happening. And, um, and it made me think, I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, my family are watching um, This Is Us, the, mm-hmm. the family drama. Yeah. And that story, or those stories, I guess, because it's all, you know, different stories every week, um, as things happen to these characters, it's told in multiple timelines. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all real. There's no ma- magic sci-fi happening. But right. you know, they'll tell stories about the kids in the present as adults and stories about the parents when the kids were young in the same episode. They'll cut back and forth. Right. Um, and because of that, you know some things that are going to happen already from the beginning. Right. But you don't know when they're going to happen or how. Right. Um, or, 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 you know, then maybe eventually you'll get one scene that shows you when something happens but you still don't know what led up to it, what caused it or, you know, what other events went around it. And that's a little bit how Titanic is. I mean, I remember people saying back in the day when, cause I was in high school when this came out, Mm -hmm. um, people are like, what's the big deal about that movie? You already know what happens. Yeah. I remember that. The boat sank. Like, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, joke. But really, you I, I get said into I, that, I said that same joke myself. I was like, why would I want to go see this? I know like, what's going to happen. Doesn't you know? You still have this sort of uh, morbid curiosity, as people say. You know, yeah. like like watching, uh, you know, a train wreck kind of thing. And it's it's so far removed now from from our lives and realities. Like there were essentially no firsthand uh you know uh, uh survivors mm-hmm. left left still alive in 97 um i'm sure there aren't now it's over 100 years ago right. um I, I didn't look that up so i hope i'm not wrong about that like, <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, like infant a, a 120 uh, something or something like that, right yeah or, you know or a or a baby who's yeah. like you know 110 or something but uh Knowing what what was going to happen didn't really diminish um, the watching of it. It's like, uh, I mean, it's it's like anything, anything you see where you know certain things are or aren't going to happen. Um, like how many movies where you're certain that uh, the main character is not going to die, right? They have plot yeah. armor, as we say. Right. Or you're watching a romantic comedy and you know from the first five minutes who the two protagonists are and right. know that they're going to end up together, but you're not sure how. Yeah. Right. Um, this it's is that, just that, that journey but, thing, but with all the specific details, so you're like, Oh no, you know, like, you know that there's like half an hour left yeah. and you know, they're doing, you know, she's going back down below decks and you're like, Oh no. And then when she goes down again and it's, you know, uh, chest deep with water you're like oh, okay this like it's gonna happen it's just yeah. as sort of 
uh, anxiety-inducing uh, knowing. Yeah, right? it, it is, especially how knowing doesn't doesn't spoil any of that. And how this movie slowly—I mean, how it actually was how it slowly happened. Like they hit the iceberg, and it wasn't just like oh, now they're going down a sinking. It was, yeah, a, a slow. And as the the person watching it, you're you know that it's that the anxiety is building. You know every little face facial look by the the crew everything that's happening you know like it's just slowly amping up and slowly and slowly building in the mind because you know it's there and then all the while the 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 fictional part of the movie is happening and and you're and you're like i know that these people are going to have to deal with this and they're already dealing with their own things on top of this you know and you still like even knowing you still you still hope right Right, or at least i did i'm like Oh, he's going to tur- he's going to steer port, don't steer port. Don't slow down. You need yeah, to not right. slow down. But you know that he he's not going to because he didn't. It's right. historic events. You're going to see exactly what happened, but it's still excruciating to watch. Yeah, you're like it's I remember every time I watched that that scene where it hits the hits the iceberg cuz it's it's pretty good. It's like a good 3 to 5 minutes when that happens. Yeah. Uh, and it's quiet. There's no music playing or anything. It's no, it's right. one of those like I always feel like well maybe it wasn't that bad. yeah yeah well and and you mentioned the music i what i remember most about this movie aside from you know my friends and i in youth group and whatever going on and on about like we we thought of it basically as pornography because there's a (laughs) nude scene in it Um, right right. but uh i didn't see this until it was it had been out for a long time mostly Mm -hmm. because of that i I was like 16 15 16 (laughs) um but the thing I remember most was this song, right? Yeah, Celine, sure. Dion, Celine Dion. My heart will go on. There was a a alternate cut of that song that had sound bites from the movie. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do. Uh huh. Or like every so often, a line would would happen in the movie, and I'm like, man, I remember that line verbatim, as if I've seen this movie dozens of times, and I'm sure uh-huh. that I've seen it two, three times at most. Right, and. I'm like, oh, yeah, that line. I remember that line exactly. And then as the movie went on, I was like, oh, I'm remembering certain lines from that song. Exactly. It's like the the music in the song will get quiet and you're like, that's the deal. I jump, you jump, right? And right. Or you jump, I jump. And, right. and I'm like, oh, that's from the song. They do, And then the music comes back up, you know, getting, getting closer to the crescendo. But throughout the movie, I felt like the music was very often trying to start that song. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, right? It's, There's right. just a little bit of, of a tin whistle. There's just a little bit of strings. Yeah. And it's like just a piece, just hints of that melody throughout the whole movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, does she sing at this part when they go into the, the cargo hold to find that car? No, nope, right. no, it's just music. Okay. It's, like, no. it doesn't happen until the end credits. Until the end credits. A very, yeah. a very 90s yeah, but, but uh, when, when, sort you, of thing. when you do, after you've watched the entire thing, gone through this emotional thing, then the words to the song are much more impactful. Sure. Right. You sure, know, of course. So, so that's actually what I thought was interesting was that, that, you know, it's not like they hired a singer to write a song and they put it and they gave them idea of where they're, what's going on here and then write the song like Disney songs happen or something. This, right. this is like, this is the theme of the whole movie, the whole part. And then they have to 
sing the song. It's kind of like the song was the, the made for the movie, and then they had a singer come sing it. I don't think, I don't know, Celine Dion wrote this song, but it was like whoever composed the score seemed to right. have, you know, or, or she wrote it, and then they, they, they composed the whole score around that one song. But it was definitely heavily motivated by that that score. Like you said, it, them playing that yeah, the, and, what flutes. Yeah, and that's and, the thing. Maybe, um, you know, maybe I don't pay as much attention to uh, new, you know, uh, sort of bleeding edge music stuff now that I don't listen to the radio or anything. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, that's that's what My Heart Will Go On was. Like, it was on the radio every 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, back um, then, you had, that's what you to did. To the point where you're like, come on. And there were only four stations. Like, <laughs> right. it, you know, it was that or you could listen to the country station or the oldies station. Right. It was um, definitely My Heart Will Go On all the time. Uh, sure. Yeah. And, but I remember that happening a lot in the 90s where a movie would have a song, like a pop song that went along with it. And yeah. obviously that's true of a handful of the Disney animated films in that era. But I'm thinking of um, uh, Seal's Kiss from a Rose, right? That went yeah. with um, uh, Batman. Yeah. Uh, Batman, or the um, the third uh, every, Batman. Everything Batman I Do from, from Robin Hood. Right, right. The... Uh, the power, the power Brian, bands like Brian, Brian Adams, Adams Rod yeah. Stewart, and uh, yeah, Sting and wasn't it? Sting, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm trying to think. It's not my yeah. The, the so so this this had that true too, and and that's all of these things that I think we've been talking about is why it made the money that it did. That and and James Cameron, whatever his production company has, does does well. Like they they release it at the right time, doing the right you sure. know, things. They the, they market it the right way. They run the it right, the right way. Just the right culture. I mean, can you imagine? This is 1997. Imagine if this had not happened if this had not been finished before 9-11 right like you could not have released this movie in the first five years after 9-11 sure yeah right like it's just the wrong uh cultural uh, right you know climate for that well i I, you know it's crazy but i think that's that's something that's i i just it's got to be something he's very aware of or his team or something that when they do movies i think I bet you they have big conversations about that. Like, is this good for now? When should we do this? When is this doing? Is it ready? Right. And it's and it's yeah. hard to tell, right? Because it takes like a year to make a movie. I right. Mean, plus or minus, depending on what kind of movie. But, um, you know. But, but they still yeah, got, they find, got the, the touchstones. Find the right the place. Like, don't, you know, don't put out Justice League the same summer as, as Infinity War. Right. Right. Like, pay attention to what's going on so you're not you're not competing for the same for the same market like find a place where find a place in time where your creative work can you know really really flourish yeah i mean this is the same guy that did the the thing that's in the number two spot which is avatar which again Mm. like like um titanic it in itself is nothing special like right. it's the Titanic going down and it's got a, st- a love story, but it's nothing special. But there's so many things that we've talked about here, like timing of release, what's going on in the world, uh, the, um, playing the music over and over again on the radio, having a, a pop star sing it, having that theme go all the way through. Uh, and they do. He does the same thing for Avatar at the same time, the same way and makes billions. And 
It's the right yeah. thing. Whatever he does, he does that. He does that recipe. And a lot of people have been like, well, you know, you're doing an avatar too. Why don't you come out with it like in three years? Right. And it's been 10, 15 years since avatar, right. but ever since he'd always planned to make another one. And he said that he's like, oh yeah, I definitely want to make an, another avatar, but not right now. Like you just know he's getting it together to be the right time to make the money that he needs to, to make, which is, which is just, that's brilliant. Whatever he does to do that is, you got to give him props for what, however it is. I don't understand. Yeah. That I don't think yeah. that a movie like Avatar or Titanic would be held up as like this wonderful, crazy, great movie that deserves so, the, the most money of all time. Well, uh, it's, yeah. I mean, and it's two, those are two different things, right? Like we talk about award shows and things because yes, to a certain mindset, a certain perspective, uh, commercial success is an indicator of quality, right? Yeah, sure. I, yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm, number I'm n- number four on the list is Star Wars: A New Hope, right? Right, which is you know clearly its cultural impact, even you know seen today in isolation, uh, is a is a solid, compelling, well made adventure story. Um, so the the quality and the commercial success go hand in hand. And and that's not always the case. Like, you know, I don't think Avatar was that good. It definitely was not better than uh, Titanic and Star Wars. Number one on the list is still Gone with the Wind, which is, you know, a fine movie, but it's not on our poster, right? It's not in anybody's like, you got to see that before you die kind of thing. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't still decide... Uh... What what it is besides I can't know what the magic that it is that made it what it is I I do believe that there is a lot of merit like you said and it makes enough money people enjoy it then they keep coming back to it and that that you can't sure. dismiss that as well, what would be considered I, entertaining I mean you know me, yeah the big I mean I have um I have it open on IMDb and it is ranked a hundred and three on their list and that's I mean, it has 7.8 out of 10, which is not huge. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's up there in the same range as, like, Citizen Kane and and some others. It's not, I, you know, I use the word masterpiece a lot. I don't think I would call this that. It's no, uh, no, For sure not. It's longer than it needs to be. Um, it's, it's longer. It Like, the first act is a long time. It takes a long time. And, like, yes, you don't really want to rush through the sinking because that's a, a big part of why people are there. But it goes on for a long time. Right. goes on and on. Yeah. The, the, not only that, like, now we have we said some of the good things that there's some of the bad things. Like, I, this, the story was just, it was just okay. Uh, now that I've watched okay. it when I'm not a teenager, Rose is, is annoying as all get out and, sure, and, and sure. you know, it's just terrible. Um, a lot of, a lot of the writing is very, I don't want to say juvenile, but, um, like sometimes people say things are sophomoric, right? Yeah. It's very, uh, it's very basic. And part of that is, you know, we talk about whether things hold up the, the sort of message or whatever that they're trying to convey about classism is so heavy-handed it does feel like 
it was written by a high school freshman. Oh, now, for I'm, sure. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm being I'm being very harsh and derogatory there, but like in 2020 when we've gotten things like um Game of Thrones and and Downton Abbey and really um you know complex nuanced stories about class and privilege um to to go back to this 1997 thing where they're like oh he hit lol he doesn't know which fork to use and yeah. uh the, you know that kind of stuff is just real um you know it's like getting hit, hit like getting hit with a hammer yeah, um, it, it it really was it just it's just so blunt and straightforward and and oversimplified. Yeah, to like uh, and and that that whole the whole Jack and Rose story is very lame. I mean, it's it's not that great of a romance thing. Uh, she's I remember she got a lot of props for being a great actor actress on that, and he was a great actor. And I thought that just they were just okay. They were fine. I mean, they they acted like a bunch of seventeen year olds. You know, I mean, they they acted their parts very, very well. Yeah, I don't think their parts were all that interesting or well written. And it's hard. Like, like, what are you telling? Like, are you recreating this historic tragedy for people to see with their eyes who obviously have never seen it? Or are you telling a really good, compelling uh, love story? And yeah. the the disaster recreation is done very, very well. Like that part of it is near masterpiece oh level. yeah and, and can, the, I, can i can i say all of the cgi holds up like hardcore like, there there is a moment or two where i'm watching it and i go okay they're either doing both or this is full cg like i see that guy walking that's not a person that's cg yeah but for being you know 23 years old this movie um it's it does hold up remarkably well. Yeah, I, and I, and I've seen a lot of the the making of parts, and I know that several of the scenes when they have real people in them and the boats sinking and stuff, and you, and that's I know how much is CG there. I'm like, wow, that looks exceptionally well. Granted, yeah. a lot of the really big scenes are at night, so it's all dark. Right. So that that's that, a big that, thing. Uh, that but helps. So, something that really has bothered me since the first time I watched it, and I still hate it even worse now, is the okay. whole modern day thing. Like it's terrible, it's dumb. I don't care about it. The, oh, the, the do you mean the frame? Yes, that it's in. Yeah, I th I think that's did not need to be there at all. And yeah. at the and, and this time watching it, Rose throwing the the thing overboard, the diamond overboard afterwards, I was like, "You old bitty!" Like, <laughs> like, are you so serious? She's, yeah, the, so these she, people I, I, have been spent billions of dollars to find this thing, and you just toss it overboard. Down. I mean. I mean, they are just treasure hunters. I I kept thinking of the Britney Spears song. Do you remember that? No, what's that? Uh, I think it's "Oops, I Did It Again." Oops, I where did. She's the. She doesn't say this, but like, there's a random boyfriend voice, and he gives her something, and she goes, "Oh, I thought the old lady dropped it into the ocean at the end." Oh yeah, right. I remember that. Um, yeah. Which is funny. Sarah and I, when we were in Ireland, uh, up near Belfast, where Titanic was built. Um, they have a museum mm. um, and we walk through that and they have, of course, replicas of the heart of the ocean uh, in the gift shop. <laughs> and <laughs> so I, I, you know, took a picture of that, but nice. um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's yeah, just the, so dumb that, that, so there's that whole there's part that was so part, dumb. Yeah. And just the, for me, the, the plausibility that 
okay, so she abandoned her, um, you know, aristocracy so that she, and, you know, she, she takes his name, which was much more satisfying to me than, uh, and another name change scene that we saw in the last, the last few months. Oh, um, yeah, right, yeah. All but right, right. like, she's got this priceless, super valuable. It's like the only thing she has when she washes up. Yeah. And she's just held on to it, kept it hidden for her entire life. This, you know, how 80 some years that it's been. <laughs> and then like brings it with her on this trip so that she can decide what she's going to do. And she decides to throw it into the ocean. You're like, uh, okay. The, the, yeah. the love story in the frame is simplistic and straightforward enough as it is. Right. Without, right. Without adding this frame of like, of, uh, you know, this old woman doing thing and dropping the, the like the whole, uh, you know, impetus for the story yeah. is just like, like wh- why, in, why like, did they have to fly her out there? To tell this story and and, <laughs> right. and then and then if they did the way they did fly her out there and put everything on hold and then she comes in and she's like i've got 50 things of luggage and have all my pictures and i got and a make bunch it home. of framed photos to put on the thing on this like uh um what not archaeological but this like scientific explore exploration uh, yeah. uh ship that they're on like all of that was and and I and I kept thinking like all I could think of this time now as an adult watching this movie is thinking like man she's still a spoiled little brat like she's just she's just <laughs> a, a a selfish right? spoiled woman is what happened there because I I actually never in this show did I feel that Rose what wasn't a spoiled selfish person like everything mm-hmm. about her was selfish and and yes yeah, she comes back for Jack and jumps you know forward for Jack but it's because she wants Jack not because you know for his sake or whatever she's very selfish and and i've always said since the thing is that she, her her big line at the end there was that like i'll never let go i'll never let go and she's saying that as she's literally letting go of the guy literally letting go yeah, yeah. and i'm yeah. like what what you know this is so so terrible um and and how like why why couldn't he get up on that or there was other things that he could oh, i i don't know like maybe he yeah he tried and it tipped but yeah there's debris all around them like uh, yeah, and, yeah, and and the the whole thing about like falling in love with somebody else when when you're on a ship when you're on a boat when you're married you're engaged and I'm like what a terrible thing to do I, the guy was a scum and no and no good right he was definitely no good guy but like well, still <sighs> you don't you don't go like I'm not gonna go sleep around with somebody on this ship and run away from you while I'm right, on the boat I'm like right and the like and the the very like. Uh, uh, simplistic sort of you know uh rich rich person poor person uh kind of thing with yeah. no n- almost no subtlety or nuance to it at all and for as long like i i was gonna say this is extended cut but uh imdb says three hours 14 which was the version that i saw yeah that's what I'm like I'm not saying you could do this story in two hours but yeah you can you could have done do it in, it two, in two and a half yeah um easily easily two and a half you know cut 45 minutes of of little bits and pieces out of it but um like you understand by the end what kind of person uh billy zane's character is Mm -hmm. that's um uh cal hockley yep but he, he he doesn't 
start out that way, right? Like right. he starts out kind of just jovial and enthusiastic, where she is just a mopey little child from, right. from the from the opening of the movie. Like he doesn't get really, um, he doesn't re- he doesn't mistreat her until after she starts spending too much time with Jack. Yeah, right. And oh, like, yeah, right, right. O- openly, you know, flirting and and you know frolicking around the ship with this other guy yeah like right? and there's that scene when 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 cal is talking to her over breakfast or something and he throws the table across the way and, and she like gets all distraught because of it and like i again not justifying like, clearly him being a jerk. you're su- you're supposed to hate him and yeah. sympathize with her but i watched that scene and i was like this is the first time that he's been openly awful and it's in response to her action yeah it's in response to her like cheating on him uh, on this on the boat and i'm like yeah i don't we're supposed to think that he's terrible to her throughout the whole time and trapping her in this life or whatever but we don't see any of that until i mean you know as as time goes on you know i mean you get little hints like he's got this big gaudy diamond that she doesn't really care about she's got all this art which is just a sort of funny thing that uh uh historic fiction can't seem to stop, help itself from doing yeah. the like, oh, something Picasso, he won't amount to a thing. And all yeah, the audience yeah, yeah, is like, yeah. lol. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he has no, he, he doesn't seem to have any interest in her as a person, right? He doesn't see her as a person. He sees her as a, as property. Yeah. And, and as, as the movie goes on, you see some of the other things that he does, the other you know, more selfish actions that he takes mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I get it. He's, he's a bad guy, but it, it takes a long time to really get to that. Yeah. And, and, at least, and because at least of for that, me watching it in, and, and maybe that's, you know, well, because of that, it, it, a little it did bit not of my endear male Rose bias to me there, at but, all. Like it made right. Rose yeah. feel terrible. So yeah, I, I guess we, we can move into some final judgments here. I, coming out of the spoiler yeah. section, I can say that, that there is, a decent story here that go, going along with historical stuff that's that's uh, fine, sure by itself and it's okay and it would be an okay movie if it wasn't about the Titanic. But the Titanic having happening around the story um, makes it an interesting draw for me to watch and made it enjoyable right. for me to watch the whole show. Uh, but it's not a you know this is an amazing story that I've not heard somewhere else or that you can, you couldn't be and granted. Yeah. I could, I've never watched a show that's had such a well done representation of a historical specific historical event before, right. like, except for maybe um, uh, you said it in the spoiler section, uh, Apollo, Apollo 13. 13. Yeah. Th- you know, things like that. There was a specific thing. Uh, so that made it great, but it's, Without that, it's just a okay, passable movie. There's nothing spectacular yeah. here. Yeah, that's my yeah, thing. I, I think I'm in the same in the same boat and uh, boat. Uh, uh, boat. <laughs> that was a, a no pun intended. <laughs> um, I because of the way my brain works, if I'm going to exclude this from my list, I'm racking my brain to try and think of what I would put there instead. Yeah, I have not seen Apollo 13 since the 90s. Um. So I I couldn't say right now whether I would put that on the list in place of this. Um, oh, because in, in your mind, the box would be historical. 
right event. His, it, like historical recreation we already have saving private ryan on here yeah um and so like that uh um apollo 13 would be um in the in the running there i i, uh, I would definitely put apollo 13 above this movie for sure. And I don't think Apollo 13 is on this movie, on this thing. Granted, I have no, a, it's not. A, a predilection to space, and that's so interesting to me. But, sure, but, sure. But still, I think that, and and granted, I think Apollo 13's knock compared to Titanic would be that it's only, that's the only movie you're watching. Like in when you watch Titanic, you're watching the, the movie of the Titanic along with this love story. So sure. Um, but the thing is, is that, the 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 Jack and Rose love story is not that great. I mean, some right. I'm sure there are a lot of people watch this, listen to me say that. It's like, well, that's the most beautiful love story ever. Well, take Celine Dean on out of it, and then it's not that great. You know, it's just it's just passable. I, I would right. I don't think I would put this on here. You're right. I think it would sit in my if it was it'd be in the low 90s, um, and it could fall off. And I'm sure there's other things that I could pass put on here i did appreciate it i liked it for what it was but it's just not something i would say that oh my god you you should watch this don't die without watching titanic uh, yeah yeah if you've gotten this far and not seen it um you you're probably fine yeah it's i don't know i guess there's the other side of that there's never been another recreation as accurate as what that was how That's about that? how about that how about that there's you'll never be able to see what happened on the titanic in any other way better than this that's true right i mean if you want to see a really personal historical thing this could fit that pretty good when um and i'm not going to remember the name of the boat so that's unfortunate but it's called when we went to the <laughs> no um right. i i said in the spoiler section sarah and i went to the titanic museum uh in belfast uh northern ireland where it was built and um you know obviously the museum is just a building they yeah. built it in a weird weird shape that is the same height as the um bow would have been okay. or was uh, you know originally yeah. um and they have some recovered uh sort of artifacts and things dinner menus and and stuff like that and that was really cool um but across the sort of parking lot from the main museum, um, they have one of the uh, sort of ferry boats. Uh, there's a word for it. But um, the what you see in the movie, and they actually mention it in the movie when they pick up Kathy Bates, um, the, the main dock in Southampton um, could accommodate these, these big uh ocean steamers mm -hmm. ocean liners but when they stopped to pick up passengers from france in cherbourg um the ship couldn't dock in the port it wasn't deep enough and so they had to use smaller craft to ferry passengers from the dock at cherbourg out to titanic oh. and the other the other white star uh ships and they had one of those that has survived. Um, it was used for a while uh, during the wars as like, you know, hospital ship mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. And then somebody bought it and had it docked in the Seine as a, as a 
the restaurant, like on a boat um, in Paris. And it might not have been the Seine. I don't know, actually. But it was it was docked permanently as a restaurant. And when that sort of permit ran out or whatever happened with it, the Titanic Museum was able to buy it back and get it, you know, shipped back up to Belfast. And they had it there, not in water. It's like up on struts or whatever. Yeah. And um, had found stuff like like they found pieces of the floor that had been had been covered over and they could restore and they found photographs to sort of base that on and so you could see the floor you could walk around and see the little um, bar it was um one of the ships that they would have used for first and second class right so it was kind of fancy because it was still in use there were famous people who had used it i think maybe charlie chaplin was one and and a couple others um and that was almost cooler than the museum because you could walk around and be in that space where people were in history and, yeah, right. you know, put your hands on the on the hull and see the rivets and right. how all the steel comes together and all that it was really cool. Right. That'd be cool. So if you're if you find yourself in Belfast for any reason, um, I recommend checking out the Titanic Museum. And if you do also see the the other boat, I can't think of the name of it, mm -hmm. but. They, they they sell the same on they sell tickets to both on the same uh, same bill so 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 what do we what do we got for next week uh next week we're gonna go um a little more lighthearted. i think i mentioned this earlier but uh um i i kind of regret doing uh doing a disaster movie in this time of <laughs> in this time of crisis i i sort of identify with the musicians uh, oh, playing the you know right. as as if as if our world is sinking, I think podcasters and and other entertainers are the uh, are the musicians on. So right, trying try to just play it on, so everybody still keeps keep, going. Keep right? people's spirits up. Well, you know, and obviously right. we all no. assume, hope, and pray that uh, the this this crisis will pass. Sure, but yeah. um, and it's not the Titanic. Uh, right? let, let me right. let me find the list so that I can actually finish my. I think, what I, if I'm not mistaken, that it's, I started it's a. To do uh, Robin Williams. It's Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and not not Robin Williams. Funny Robin Robin Williams, but serious Robin Williams. So serious Robin Williams. Right. Not uh, what's the other movie that's like this? Uh, Patch uh, Adams. Finding Forrester. Uh, is it Patch Adams? No, Finding Forrester. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, okay. That's Sean Connery, and I want to say Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm. I don't remember. Yeah. It's a similar kind of like uh mentor you know, type thing old, old older mentor and kind of underprivileged uh right uh, you know this, student this, has got, yeah, the, this, this is, has got the bros and it's got uh matt damon robin williams and, and matt ben damon and uh ben affleck in it and ben affleck when their when their careers were were equivalent yeah and, yeah and uh, they were they're also um uh this is w w the first one where they were having like a real acting role like they, they did a mm. lot of bro comedy things and clerks and stuff yeah. but this was the one where some people would say they're breakout roles type stuff where they both big big dramatic big dramatic stuff roles, and it, and yeah. it's got uh robin williams who also was a, a com does comedic work really well in legend and he's doing a super serious movie so this movie has a lot of different things that mm -hmm. come off successfully so yeah it's a good one to watch and and i've not seen it in a long while it'll be uh good to watch yeah that this 
this is another one from 97 so yeah good so. good good year they didn't beat out titanic for for most things though so. yeah <laughs> well i think i think uh we 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 hit the hand, head on the hammer on the head today hit the nail on the head there we go the i'm like i know something about that there's something not. in there with the yeah we we, yeah, we so, did it succeeded yeah in a in a couple weeks we'll um we'll maybe talk about season one of altered carbon i think we're both getting close to the i mean i know yeah. that's not a new show but we're finally uh uh coming to it catching up on it yeah well, well um, i definitely gotta watch the last couple episodes of that and or of yeah. season one at least so yeah and then we'll have uh what are we what are we watching thursday I don't. Oh, uh, Blazing Saddles is the thing. What somebody said. Did they say Blazing Saddles? I'm not. I'm not sure know. how I feel about that, but we'll see. I don't know if I want to do back to back Mel Brooks because we watched yeah Spaceballs this past week. I think someone was just inspired by watching Spaceballs. Sure. And, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. There's there's a there's a lot of better movies we can. I I would I would vote for a, a Goonies or something like that. But mm-hmm. with this with this group, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. So we'll have that and. Maybe some more board game, video game stuff. We'll see. Yeah. Cool, cool. Cool. Uh, Well, you've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 137. Thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, If you like Star Trek role-playing, Star Trek role-playing, check out our other show, KlingonsAndDragons.com. It's a Star Trek Adventures role-playing podcast. Uh, I just put up a new episode last week. Um, It's very... It's very goofy. I think we recorded it just after last year's uh, Fox DenCon. Mm-hmm. So we were all real comfortable and, and telling a lot of dumb mom jokes. <laughs> but uh, it's good. It's good times. Very. If, if you want something uh, ridiculous and, and lighthearted distraction, uh, that'll, that'll do it for you. Right. Uh, if you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, we have contact forms, the schedule for the 100 movies. That's always kind of in flux but i just went through and rearranged a bunch of stuff today so that'll be up there um if you would rather email us directly you can reach out uh, that address is frontporchpod at gmail.com if you enjoy the show you can subscribe on all the things thanks always for listening until next time i'm dennis and i'm michael for the front porch night everybody see you next time